0: To only the important stuff, and I'm your host, Jeff Heinrich. It is Wednesday, January 31st, 2024. Thank you all so much for checking out the podcast. I hope you all are having a fantastic, outstanding, super califragilistic, XBL week and just out there killing it. Yeah. Uh, on this week's episode, I had a good chance to catch up with my buddy uh, from college, Ryan Nett. Uh, got connected through the podcast again one of those long lost relationships that kind of has come back right and it comes back through the the magic of doing this podcast and just people hearing about it and reaching out and we connected uh, through social media got each other's numbers found a time that made it that, that was able to work out and uh, happy to have them on we got a chance to catch up obviously talked a little bit about baseball from our time at Augustana but then you know, as this podcast has kind of become um, officially, unofficially, whatever you want to talk call it, you know, we end up talking a little bit about you know loss and you know dealing with grief and processing and how we move forward and the struggles and in life and yeah, it was just a really good conversation and great to catch up with a good old friend. Um, and i I'm lo- I look forward to having him on again uh, in the future, kind of really to to talk about his his coaching experience as well yeah it's a great conversation hope you all enjoy it with that here we go welcome to the pod ryan how are you good how are you doing jeff i am living the dream brother i'm (laughs) living the dream man you're looking good looking fly with that augie baseball sweatshirt Uh, i love to see it love to see you appreciate it and where are you you at again now you're up in monticello right
1: Yep, yeah, not too far uh down the road from you. Golly, so. what a small world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been this is my 16th year here. So it's just wild to to think um uh, it seems like yesterday that we just moved here, so.
0: Mhm. Did you did you move there right after you graduated
1: from Augie? Um so I in gosh 05, I taught in Royalton for 2 years. Um, lived in St. Joe with a buddy of mine that I played town ball with. Okay. And then still living in St. Joe, um, Todd and Melrose a year thinking I was going to be their head baseball coach after the next year being there. Sure. And then (laughs) met my current wife and she's like, I'm not moving to to the sticks. So you got to come this way a little bit more (laughs) because she was working in St. Paul and, um, yeah so i'm like well i don't I don't really want to get down to the cities in full um since you know growing up on a farm and whatnot that was pretty foreign to me a little bit um yeah, and so we, I applied in Monticello was the only place I applied this way and got the job and um have enjoyed it ever since so and you're teaching yeah, yep, I teach uh, middle school English okay. so of all things, so what I taught elementary at? school for I taught, this is my seventh year at the middle school. Um, otherwise I've taught first grade, second grade, fourth grade and fifth grade.
0: How does that treat you? Right. Like Um,
1: you've always seemed like a really calm
0: dude. So I feel like you, you will, that works well with your personality, but I I mean, I, everybody always starts with a ton of fire, right. In any pursuit they're going to, they're going to go after, um, but now sixteen years from kids to middle
1: schoolers, boy, like how's that? Yeah, um, it's good, you know. I, um, it, like like you said, my first couple years where it's just I have a ton of energy for the kids, and um, which is awesome, you know, working with little kids. Mm-hmm. If, I mean, littler kids, right? And um, getting to fifth grade eventually, I taught fifth grade for nine years, and now middle school for seven. Um, so this is my 19th year teaching, but, um, oh, once you have your own kids, you don't really know anything about kids. So mm-hmm. you get in there at 22 years old and you're telling parents how to raise their kid, essentially you know, <laughs> giving them some strong <laughs> suggestions and them probably just telling me wanting to tell me to get lost, you know, like I have no idea for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And now it's just amazing, you know, having my own kids of just being really understanding about you know we had a late night or some event came up or Mm -hmm. we just wanted family time and we didn't get work done and you know uh, how much that's changed over the years where I don't think I would have been like a hard ass about too much stuff if unless the kids are disrespectful or the parents cross a line but yeah um, just how much I've evolved and changed um and just understood like man life's so busy and I always tell kids too like you know, even right now teaching English. it's like, my goal is that I hope you take away more life things from me than you would learning what an adjective is and what an adverb is and you know, things like that, where it's like, I hope you remember me for a few different things other than what I actually taught you or what I was supposed to teach you, you know? Yeah. So,
0: I mean, adverbs and adjectives are important, but um, (laughs) let's be real, right? Like, Life lessons right. are where
1: most of, like, learning
0: comes from, you know? Yes, yep, um, no,
1: that's hundred percent, right? I, a couple of years ago, I had a girl in class, what it was, one of my first years, and she's like, I'm, I was cousins with so-and-so, and and she started laughing. I said, what's so funny? And she's like, she was right, striped shirts and khakis. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, so that's what I'm known for. That's <laughs> awesome. And I'm like, sweet, all right. Glass You know,
0: so... Nothing like rocking a uniform when you're no, when you don't have to.
1: <laughs> right. Pretty much. <laughs> That's so, great. I just switched it up the last couple of years. But, That's great. That's great.
0: But, so you're teaching, yeah. you're
1: coaching. Yeah. Yep. Um, gosh, I've pretty much since out of college, I've been coaching something. Um, I've been our varsity assistant for, I think this is year 10, Nice. nine, somewhere in there. Um, when I was back in living in St. Joe, I coached, I was a JV coach at Apollo for a couple of years. Okay. We're like, we're Wal, like Waldorf went to school. Yep. Um, and then, um, was at Melrose as a varsity assistant and then now in Monticello. So i would coached Legion, VFW, JV baseball, and now at the varsity level for quite a few years. So.
0: That's interesting. And so you said for at least, well, the whole time, but you've been doing Pretty the much, JV yeah. thing or the assistant thing for 10 years. Yeah. Um, let's go back to that. I want to get back to that because it, it, it'll yeah. be, it'll be a baseball question for later mm-hmm. on. Um, for sure. but yeah, you mentioned you got kids, dude. Like how many, yeah. tell me about them. How,
1: how, how um, many you got, well, how old are they? Pounding. If you can hear pounding right now, I'm in our basement and they're playing mini hoop, which is a nightly occurrence. For and sure. One of my kids is trying to break in a baseball glove with a mallet right now and pounding it on the floor. Okay. The, other, the other one, the other two are playing mini hoops. So you'll probably hear some argument at some point about a foul. Sure. Um, but anyways, I have, my oldest is 13. His name's Eddie. Mm-hmm. And then and my middle son's Reggie. Reggie's 11. And then Wrigley is our youngest son and he's eight. Are those, So three boys. So that's those, pretty, pretty wild. Are those baseball names? Well, uh, my dad, uh, my dad's name was Edwin. So we named my oldest after my dad and then my middle son, my wife and I were stuck on like, really what, like, should we do something different? And we were actually at a twins game Mm -hmm. and I can't remember. It might've been like Reggie Sanders or something up to bat. And my wife's like, that's a, that's kind of a cool name. Sure. You know, and then we're like, well, do we do Reginald or do we do? And mm-hmm. so we just like, no, we, everyone's just going to call him Reggie. So let's just do that. And sure. same with my dad. Everyone, his name was Edwin, but everyone called him Eddie. So right. we're like, well, let's just go with Eddie. And then Wrigley, we were really stuck because I was like, ah, Kirby would be cool or Ozzy would be all right. You yeah. know, and she's a nurse. And she came home and it was not too long before he was supposed to be born. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I have the perfect name, Wrigley. And I'm like, what the hell? You know, and in our workout room, we have a picture of Wrigley field and it's been there for ever. Right. And it's like, I never once even thought of that at all. Or, you know, neither of us did, but she had a patient named Wrigley. And I'd never heard of a kid being named Wrigley. And now, in our town, which you know, fourteen thousand people, there's three kids named Wrigley in that's our wild. in Monticello, which is just wild. i you know never knew anybody that, yeah. that named their kid Wrigley, so that's crazy. But that is yeah, very—it's yeah, yeah. a very
0: so, unique name for sure. And odd yeah. that there's four or whatever in your town. It's it's hilarious, right? Like when we were naming our first, so my 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 oldest son's named Jackson, right? And. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're aware of, I don't know, 13,000 Jacksons that live in Monticello, right? Well, yeah, yeah. you know, we didn't want, we didn't want, like, we wanted the name to be somewhat unique, but also not, like, super out there. And so we were trying yes. to come up with a bunch of random things. And, you know, I was thinking more of, like, along the Jacks, the Johns, the the Jim, you know, like, some some very, like, traditional, normal, strong yeah. names. My wife wanted to add something to it. And we settled on Jackson, and we were, like, looking And in 2013, or 2012, because we were looking in 2013, it was like name number 700. Really? Yeah, super far down there. And so, like, he was born early 2014. So, the 13 name rankings hadn't come out yet. Oh, okay. So, we name him Jackson. 13 comes out, it goes up to like 300. Well, in 2014, it was like the third most popular name oh wow and it's like jesus. god you know and he's got every team he's on there's three of them in every class there's two or three of them and it's like jesus <laughs> Like, what? all right i guess like i mean i guess we nailed it in the fact that like nobody's gonna make fun of him because everybody's got the name right, right. but right. Just, yeah. like we thought that's we were funny. being super cool and like unique and slick and <laughs> nope everybody else had the same idea good to know right
1: good to oh, know Golly. So you have two kids, right?
0: Yeah, I do. I got a, my son's 10 uh, and then okay. my daughter is eight and her name is Jocelyn and they okay. are
1: okay. okay.
0: the exact opposite
1: sides of the spectrum. <laughs> so yeah. That's all right. That makes it fun.
0: It it keeps us on our toes and keeps us moving, right? I, you know, I awesome. we're not spring chicken anymore. So without them, I'd probably be a lazy pile.
1: Um <laughs> So yeah, it's good, and, man. And you said you've been in Rogers what since oh or like 11 or 12 or something like that when we were texting a little bit?
0: Um yeah, no, we moved back up to Minnesota in 2012. I think we lived in Plymouth okay. for a year, then Maple Grove for like 3 and then we moved out here, I think. 2015, 16. Okay. Somewhere in there? Right okay. not too far. Not too far from there if I'm, if I am off a little bit. Um, but yeah, so we've been here about six, seven years, which is wild to think about. Um,
1: it's a nice, I mean, nice community. It's really grown since even since we've been here since 08. I mean, just the amount of growth is just wild to me, how, how big it's getting.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and I always, I always worked downtown and you know, we were living in Maple Grove and I don't know, man, housing just got absurd. Right yep. in this area. And it always felt like Rogers, um, Shakopee, yep, Jan Hassan, right? Like kind of those like <laughs> third tiers. It just like, oh my God, that's so far out there. And then we like we yep. went out and we looked and we're like, Holy shit, you can get so much house <laughs> by comparison. <laughs> we're like, Yeah, I'll drive yep. ten more minutes. It's not the end of the world. And yeah, we've Very loved true. it, man. The the neighborhood's great. That's why we moved out here uh yeah. and we've got to meet a ton of cool people uh made some really good friends you know i'm getting you know i just recently got involved with the, or- the baseball organization which has been fun yeah. um meeting people and freaking allard lives out here i didn't know that
1: that's crazy i listened to that podcast where you're talking you and allard on the baseball board and then i know quite a few of the rogers guys um so i'm like god that's wild like three Yagi guys on baseball boards within, uh, you know, miles of each other, yeah. <laughs> you know, just kind of funny,
0: such a small world, man. And like yes. our board, uh, I'm, I'm, sure people really care about this,
1: but you know, that obviously Dan ready. and
0: I, uh, I don't know where Tony played, but there was two other guys that played at NDSU and UND like yeah. all at the same time. And they were like, I remember you, <laughs> I remember you. Like that's yeah, sure. Just pointing fingers at each other. It was it was it's cool, right? It's it's just a really yep. cool experience and it's cool to get back involved and like cuz I've been detached um from baseball honestly since we were done. Like Great. I just okay. I, I put it down. I walked away. I I had no yep. care or interest in in it anymore. Yep. Um cuz I don't know I don't and I don't know how your experience it was. It was just a lot right like yep. it it went from you know growing up in high school like you just you just love it and you love playing with your friends and uh, you know being a part of the team and yeah you you find your success and you 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 achieve some things and you're thinking like oh this the the next is just gonna be an extension of that and continue to be awesome, and you do meet some some really good friends, but then all of a sudden you recognize like the amount of effort that is required at that level and right shit man after four years you're just like whew
1: need a break (laughs) right yeah no i i'm kind of the same boat like you get to senior year and i redshirted a year so that (laughs) was a super senior um when you were a senior i redshirted that year Mm -hmm. because i had elbow surgery yep and um yeah but the you know fifth year it's like you know, just even last year where it's like, man, I'm, you know, because at that point like Phil and Owen and Ivor and some of those guys that all graduated that I came in with. Sure. And I got along with, you know, Matt Subi and, mm-hmm. um, Troy Wunderlich and Wally and, you know, guys like that was really fun still, but it was just different. I was just ready to be done. Like kind of move on to, I knew I wanted to be a teacher with student mm-hmm. teaching. Um, I, it was great. I, student taught in the fall of my senior year I was done by like Thanksgiving and then I just sub taught the rest of the year and played baseball. So it was a good gig. Like, man, I'm getting paid to play baseball. Like that's, that's what it wild. felt like. Uh, um, so it was pretty fun, but at the same time, it's like kind of, kind of ready for that next step, you know, to mm-hmm. try something, try something different. And I enjoyed a lot of it, but I, I don't know, I was just ready to be done with that part yeah. for a while. And I still played town ball for quite a long time afterwards, okay. but, um, but just the regiment of everything, with you know college and college baseball and whatnot. Even though I enjoyed the heck out of it, was kind of ready for that next step, maybe or maybe a little bit taking a break in that. You know, every weekend, every yeah. day kind of yeah, regiment for sure. Yeah, I
0: remember when we got done. I so I moved up to the cities, and. My buddy, he went to Gustavus, He and he had a buddy who lived up here, uh, and they were on an amateur team. And they're like, hey, we need an arm. You want to come out? I'm like, sure, whatever. Right? And we would play on occasion, and I just remember, like, first off, the team was awesome. It was just, it was a stacked team, right? And, yep. Yeah, I mean, you know town ball. You go in there, you're throwing 92. Right. Like, they're all like, what the heck is going on? So, like, I'd pitch a game, <laughs> and then – Glenn Perkins would pitch a game (laughs) on like a break from like his summer break from the gopher. He would just show up, pitch, and then he'd never show up again. Then he'd show up, pitch, never show up again. It was the weirdest thing, right? And like like the shortstop and second baseman, they're just cocky sons of bitches. They're wearing their hats on their head when he's on the mound because nobody's touching him, right? (laughs) And anyways, like I just remember like there were some games where like these guys who had never done anything more were like really die hard about it and taking it way too seriously and i was just like man i just don't care that much anymore sure. about it you know like i want to play and have yep. fun but man like you guys are we're town ball baseballing right now and i know like because right. i played it in high in fairmont where i grew up right and there's like this yep. love for it and i respect that yep. and i think that was one of them like there was like a mini scuffle breaking out at second base because of a slide or something and <laughs> i was just like yeah i don't i don't have that so i think it's time to just sure. kind of leave it so yeah i think i played like four games and then i was like i'm out sure i'm good man sorry thank you know here's yep. your jersey back you know
2: <laughs>
0: it was too it was too it was too much right and i was too yeah. it was too close to being to leaving that level at college you know, if I'd have gone into it or back when I was like 26, maybe, but yep. yeah, it was too close. Now I'm curious, right. uh, cause I like, I, I, and I ask everybody, right. So if you haven't deduced from this and I, I probably will, will have said this in the open, Ryan and I played baseball together at Augustana. Um, how, how did you get there? Right. Like what was your experience like in high school? Right. And the recruiting experience and how did you end up, you know, choosing Augie, why Augie, all that stuff?
1: Um, so I grew up in Albany, Minnesota, um, Mm -hmm. went in, in the fall of my senior year, um, being in central Minnesota, knowing, you know, St. Cloud Tech kids, Apollo kids, different Mm -hmm. things like that. I got a call from a perfect game baseball, which is really big now, like nationally. But at that time that was like the first club baseball. Yep in Minnesota. And so a guy that taught at our school, Bill Krogman, his son played at, ended up playing at the U. We were the same grade and he was Albany's high school coach for many years, coached three of my four or three of my brothers, didn't coach me, but had him in class and whatnot, really respected Mm -hmm. teacher. His son was going to play for perfect game and he had referenced them, you know, me to them. They called, you know, i you know, went to a tryout, made the team. And that's how I got to meet Phil the fall of my senior year as well. Okay. And so we played like 25 games or something that fall. I had a good year in the fall. Um, a lot of, we'd go to, uh, gosh, we played a team from Nebraska, Illinois, mm-hmm. you know, and we just played at um, Big Willow and Minnetonka. And then we actually got to play at Siebert. And anyways, um Did well there, had had a decent high school career. And then with that, you know, I think just being seen by quite a few coaches, like on that team alone, if there was 20 kids on the team, Phil and I will reference this once in a while, there's like 15 D1 kids on that team. Sure. We just got noticed by a lot of coaches. And so, you know, getting a call from McCabe, um, then going down to visit and at that point I had visited Mankato state. My, one of my older brothers at the time was at NDSU. So I went and visited there. Okay. And then kind of the same old, like Mary university reached out cause they're at AI, uh, Waldorf, you know, kind of local schools. Yeah. Um, one of our, like, a, uh, he's an assistant principal now, but he knew uh, he was good friends with a coach from Cincinnati and they reached out but to me, that was like, no way, that's, where's that? You know, like that's way too far away.
0: Where is Cincinnati? I'm not going, I'm not
1: going there, you know. Sure. Um, so then even like in the perfect game, there was a couple times where, hey, this coach wants to see you pitch, so you go pitch. Um, you know, at that time, like got a lot of letters from Iowa State. Well, then Title Nine happened, no baseball. Right. You know, like little things like that. Yeah. When I went and you know visited Augie, it was awesome. Um, you know, growing up in a smaller town, I think it just suited me a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I think when I visited NDSU, um, I think their coach uh, Mitch McLeod as- just assumed I'd come, even though he came and watched me play probably a couple times. Um, I you know just didn't feel that kind of family atmosphere that Aggie had. Okay. Then uh, even on the recruiting trip, I stayed with. Ross and so that was really fun and you know just yeah. it got me drunk of It'll course be and, like that yeah uh, so it was it was really fun and yeah just you know a little bit more of a family atmosphere but um you know it was it was tough because like even Dean Boyer was really good to me and mm. um he you know hey we would call one time my dad's I can't remember where his dad was like in a nursing home or wherever he was from and he drove up and Mind if I stop by and have dinner with you and your family tonight? Like, uh, mom, is that okay? You know, Dean Boyer swings by. Like, sure. You know, so just little things like that that yeah. Made it, you know, the recruiting process fun, but it was hard because it's like, Well, my brother is an NDSU Mankato, I knew a couple of Melrose guys and some other local guys that would go there. Yeah. And would have been fun. Um, and then, you know, Augie. So kinda of narrowed it down to those three and went went to Augie. So so
0: that's interesting, right? In that, and I love that, and I love that you ultimately made the decision that, yeah. um, you know, it, it it came down to a feeling and like what felt most like home, right? Yep. Um, And I bring it up, right? And I ask everybody, like, how'd you get there, right? Because yep. I feel like we all have had such a, we all had such a random path to end up there. I mean, for right. crying out loud, like, Andy got recruited in a weight room. <laughs> like nobody even watched him play baseball, right? And he right. turns out to be this freak, just a stud, right? Yeah. You know, um, and it's it, and it turned into you know this little community that we all like cared a lot about, and I, and I think because it was so small and. I don't know. I don't know about you. I personally felt a bit like I, I had something to prove and I wanted to go somewhere where like I would get that shot to, to, to prove it. And yep. Mankato States, the SDSUs, the St. Clouds, like it, it felt like, you know, you, you can come here, yep.
1: but yep. I don't, yeah. you know. St. Cloud, I was never recruited by, which is just weird, right? In my backyard. Right. So crazy. Yeah, sorry.
0: Yeah, it just didn't feel like, and not like that they wanted. It, it wasn't even the coaches. It was, yep. You know, it's just like yeah, we're a we're a program. You can come or not. You know, we're gonna be fine either way. Um, you know, but you go to Augie and you 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 know again my recruiting trip. I ended up staying with Jay Kirsch and uh, a guy from Fairmont and went over to Kirsch's Thanks. and partied and just like holy crap, like this is this yep. is what I expect college to be. And then you get there and you're just like yeah, this is it. Right,
1: like this is what I was hoping for, and it well, was. It, 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 oh, sorry. I I remember on the recruiting trip, and part of you know going, you're getting recruited by them. Phil, since we had played all fall together and got along really well, yeah, he had called me at one point, and you know, I I think of you know at that point, it's like, well, we didn't have cell phones, so he called me at my house and <laughs> like, who's this? And he's like, it's Phil Lang. Remember me? I heard heard you might go to Aggie, you know, and. Um, just having conversations like that. But then I remember on my recruiting trip, you know, meeting McCabe and kind of getting a tour and whatnot, and then meeting up with Ross and Ryan. And I still remember, you know, he got like 40 bucks or something like that. And Ross is like, do you drink? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, all right, well we can go to Taco Bell and get some food and then I'll buy the rest. You know, we can get beer or, we can go to like Applebee's and then we won't really be able to get much beer. You know, it was some sort of conversation. Yeah. Like that. I'm like, well, I guess we're going to Taco Bell for my meal. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> so we had more beer money. So and, even, little stuff like that. and little stuff like that, that it's like, well, that didn't happen on the Mankato trip, which is okay. Mm-hmm. And on the NDSU trip, it's like, well, I kind of hung around with my brother a little bit more, which he's probably watching out for me, you know, sure. So we, we hung out with friends and stuff like that going there, but it was like, oh, my brother's there. So he's not going to let me do something stupid, which is probably the smart play on his part. Right. But, um, you know, going to Aggie and it's like hanging out with, going to the moon towers and hanging out with those guys was felt a little more natural and a little bit more my own thing, I guess. So
0: that's awesome. Yeah. You got a chance to kind of create your own path, right? Yep. Yep. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what was your first day like at Augie, right? Uh, from, I'm curious about two things. First day, right, like your check-in, because I, uh, I assume you you had a very similar experience uh, to Phil and myself yep. in that you were rooming with other baseball guys. You kind of knew where we all were. Um, and so, yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear how that went from your perspective, like kind of meeting all these other dudes who yeah. – are kind of going to be your group in a sense, but you don't really know it yet. You don't know who they are. You don't know what they're like. Yeah. All that stuff. Like what's going through your head? What's it like when you walk in the room? All that.
1: Yeah. I mean, (laughs) Phil and I were pretty simple in terms of, you know, knowing each other already. (laughs) I think at one point, um, I brought a TV and then we didn't have a stand. So we just turned one of our cardboard boxes upside down and, that Perfect. was our TV stand That'll work. Uh, and then, yeah, just going around. Cause we knew like Owen was there. Mm-hmm. Ben Iverson was there. Wiesner was there, Schaefer, and just going around to meet those guys. And I think like day one started playing catch out in the, you know, in the green area or whatever, out, you know, in between mm-hmm. all the dorms and whatnot, like, and going out to the ball field and hitting in the cage and, you know, just fooling around, getting to know each other you know, a little bit better than, than we had, you know, so that, that was pretty fun. I mean, obviously like for me, getting dropped off by my mom and my brother came with, and it was like, that was really, that was tough. That was sad. because sure. I'd never been away from home for that long or that far. Yeah. Um, but once felt comfortable and obviously it really helped no one feel um, that, yeah, it was a blast. I mean, it was really fun. It was a tough adjustment for me. I think the first like two or three weekends I went home, did you really? Yeah, yep. And then after that, once I knew fall ball was starting on the weekends and things like that with games, and then obviously stuck around. But I was homesick for the first couple, probably first couple weeks, you know, and not anything other than, you know, with my dad dying, my mom being on her own. I was like, I, I felt obligated to go home and check on her, you know, like sure. kind of at, that a little bit. Like, yeah, this is just, even though it's, it's something I wanted, it was mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> you're never as ready as you think you are, sort of thing. You know, I think you know, at at this age now, thinking about that, it's like, oh, that was that was tough, you know, to start. But then, like I said, the family atmosphere, mm-hmm. our 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 group was, I you know, like like you you guys have talked about how close knit your group was. I felt like ours was really close knit as well, and so yeah. that really helped. So,
0: uh, how you know, I, I unfortunately learned. Right. I didn't know that at the time. Right. But yeah. you know, through catching up with you because of this, which is honestly like probably one of the coolest parts of doing this yeah. thing is yep. it being getting a chance to kind of reconnect with all the guys and people that I honestly, like, I never thought I'd talk to again. Not because I didn't want to, not because right. there's any malice or anything like that. It's just like, man, life happens. You It moves on. You go in your way. I go in mine. And if we ever run into each other again, that's great. But if we don't, it's like, that's life. Right. And so yeah, like being yep. able to reconnect has been great. And through, through that and in chatting with you a little bit, like you, you mentioned and you just mentioned, right? Like you, you lost your dad and like how soon <clears throat> after that occurred was college for you? Like how,
1: um, so he died the day after my junior year high school of um, a heart attack. So he's 54.
0: Fuck. That's, yeah. So that's
1: a one of the no warning situations. Yeah. I, I, yep. I, was the one, I was the one who found him, so that was tough. Fuck, man. Yeah. I, you know, I grew up on a farm, so, and I still remember, and it's, um, gosh, I was, we just lost a high school baseball game in playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I got up that morning, school's done, Lost yep. in playoffs. I got up at like five thirty or six because I was used to getting up in the morning doing chores mm-hmm. before before school. And he was eating cereal in the morning in our in our uh, kitchen, and we talked baseball a little bit. Yeah, and he's like, "Go back to bed. It's summer, you know." So I'm like, "All right, you know." And <laughs> sure. to, th- to this day, I can't really remember what we talked about, like other than a little bit of the game. Mm-hmm. Go back to bed. It's summer, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I got up, went up to go do my chores and things like that about like like eight in the morning, maybe if that sounds right. And my mom worked nights at the VA. She was a nurse for like 35 years. Yeah. So she, she would work like seven to seven or something like that. Okay. And I went up, you know, walked into we had like a long barn mm-hmm. and he was milking cows and I went up to say good morning and he literally fell on me and had a heart attack right there. Holy shit. Yeah, it was intense. It was kind of doing the CPR thing, called my mom, like dad fell. You got to come up and help. Mm-hmm. And he didn't know it's like he fell. I think something's really bad that's happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was, that was tough, you know, and then you go through that experience and then having to, you know, all my siblings were working. I was the youngest of five. So you call them at their workplace or my sister was in college yet. And, you know, my brothers were teachers and my brother, Aaron was maybe working at that point in the summer for a summer job. Cause he was at NDSU, mm-hmm. and then, you know, calling them to come home to say that my dad died. That was hard, you know, Yeah. So and we all met at the hospital, you know, it's just tough, tough conversations to have a doctor come out and say that. And, yeah. you know, call, you know, calling my dad's siblings, cause he was the youngest of six or something like that. And
2: mm-hmm.
1: so was, you know, at that age and responsibility of a farm. We had three hundred acres of land and cattle and so just like that, it's like within minutes, it's like what what's gonna happen? You know, so that was really and me you know, 17 year old kid, like what what's going on? You know, Mm -hmm. how do I handle that? So that was really tough. So
0: how Yeah, I mean how do you even begin? Right, to kind of like start to process that? Like was there any? Like a ten nope. like I, I don't even know, right? Like, because that's a, nope. you know that's a traumatic experience in and of itself. Like going through that with someone you love, and then you lose your dad, right? And that's right. another you know a whole other another layer on top of it. Um, I can't. I, I mean, yeah. Like, how how did you did did the family kind of like come together? Did you?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was hard. I mean, like I remember that whole summer kind of a blur in some ways, like, because mm-hmm. we to decided to do with, you know, what to do with crops and cows and, right. you know, just a lot of different stuff that was, you know, over my head, of course. And so I remember my oldest brother coming home um, in both, you know, my two older brothers were, Ted and Chris were teachers at the time. And um, I remember them, you know, and my brother, you know, my older, one of my older brothers was married and you know, stuff like that. And it's like, well, he's got responsibilities and Mm -hmm. my brother Chris as well. Um, so helping out, so we milked cows that whole summer and tried to make do, but we knew that wasn't going to sustain, you know, like we couldn't make that work forever. Um, Mm -hmm. and so by the end of the summer we had to sell all the cattle at least, um, or most of the milking cattle and have auctions and sell different things. So that was really hard. Like that day, I remember I just left. and went with friends that day and I didn't even want to be around for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, like, I don't know, my family dynamic, dynamic dynamics, not one that like shares a lot of stuff. Sure. And so I remember it being hard. We get along well. Um, mm-hmm. we rallied. we had a lot of good neighbors, good people to help. Sure. Um, but in terms of like, how do you feel? How are things? That just wasn't a conversation. Um, and I, I, I've told my wife this, I don't tell many people, but, um, just said like, if I didn't have to go through my senior year of high school, I'd skip it in a heartbeat to you know, just in terms of like every, everything that was new for, you know, like it's supposed to be awesome your last year of high school. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, basketball, like, well, my dad's not here, baseball, my dad's not here, Christmas, you know, all those kind of fun things yeah. that you're looking forward to, like, that's all I thought about, yeah. that was hard, That's tough, so, I remember that just sucking, you know, it was right. a shitty, shitty time, shitty year, and I didn't know how to handle it, you know, I did the, you know, teachers in school, like, had some really good ones that are like, you doing okay, yep, I'm fine, mm-hmm. and just kind of get through the day, sort of thing, and, right, uh, yeah, you know, just, and I, I think of it now as like, how did my friends deal with me? You know, like sure. I shut down or they didn't want to bring it up. You don't want to be the guy that's like, Hey, how you doing? You know, it's another 17 year old trying to,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, n- give you advice or something. It's like, well, that's not going to happen. You know, like I saw, you know, a counselor or two here and there. And it's like, I don't want to do that. Right. It felt weird. You know, like right. I, don't, I don't want to talk about it. I'd rather not, you know? Right. And that's kinda of how
0: it went, you know. Yeah, it's and you know, it happened at a time I I think the world has changed for the better. Yep. Um, in that we're so much more aware of the weight, you know, that, that a lot of trauma yep. carries, no matter what it is, right? And so I think we're we're better equipped as a as a people, a species nowadays yep. to to help each other, but yeah. I yeah. mean, God, you just laid on like so many things of, of why like that would be of of just how hard that that had to be, right? Of you know, you're eight, you know, you're 17 years old. You got to deal with a farm, which you, know, you talk to any farmer, there's no days off, right? right? Yeah. And you know, there still isn't, no matter what yeah. is going on there. You tack on, you know, the the sadness of like yeah it's supposed to be joyful but you can't help but think of you know what's going on and I mean I know that's how it was for me like you know right after I lost mine and I was I'd like to think a little bit better emotionally equipped at, at my age right to deal with it uh I couldn't imagine dealing with it at 17 I would have been a just an absolute hot
1: mess yeah and I think you know part of even choosing Augustana in some ways a little bit was to just get away because I had a sure. ton of buddies that went to St. John's, St. Yeah. Cloud State, and it's like hey, you know, like I just want something di- something different or something like you had said earlier. You know, you know maybe on my own or something. Mm-hmm. You know, build my own path. And, yeah. you know, so I, felt, I don't make, you know, <laughs> deep down, maybe that was a thought process in my mind, I guess. I think about it sometimes a little bit, you know. mm-hmm. uh, part of it felt like home felt natural, yep. but maybe it was part of me just wanted to get away a little bit as well. You know, I don't, know, I, hard to, I,
0: yeah, I don't, and I don't think there's, that's not right, wrong or, or anything, right. right? It's just, we all deal with that in such a different way, um, and there's, there's not a lot of explanation and it sucks to say, and you know, Andy and I were talking about this, like that you, uh, you move on, bec- you know, cause you start out every day you think of it, yep. you know, uh, yeah. and then it's every other day and then, you know, every, every third, fourth, you know, once a week, you know, and, and not like that you don't know, but. You, you 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 lose you don't have those moments of like that just kind of like hit you like a brick right, and you know now they it'll still happen it's unexpected, it's random right you know just a right. random thing I'm doing with my kids that bring back a memory of me and my dad, and I'm just like god, you know it's it's one of those like weird things where you know unfortunately like time distance, whatever you don't want to forget, but it, it helps to. I guess like kind of process it a little faster without yep. all of those memories, and yeah, you could go to therapy, but we weren't smart enough to do that and help ourselves right. process it. So, you know, yep. you you hide it, you 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 know, you shove it down, you mask it with you know drugs, alcohol, you know yep. activities, friends, whatever. And you know, when you're young and you don't know what to do, yeah, like I I, I think that's a totally normal response of. Yeah, I got to go somewhere where I don't have all these constant reminders. Right, right, yep. and not that that's a and and that sounds terrible to say. Right, you know, no. like it really yep. does. Yep. But at the same time, like I think that's normal. Like no one wants to feel bad, right, all yep. the time. Like you don't want to feel bad. Right, you want like we all want joy in our life, like all the time. We all do, right? Like <laughs> who wouldn't want to be happy twenty four seven?
1: Right. Well, a little bit like I, I sometimes too. I felt like I was known for the kid whose dad died, sure. like, you know, like, and so people would feel bad for me. And it's like, just stop, you know, like a little, yeah. you know, like, I don't know, maybe selfishly, like, just stop. I don't want this attention at all. Yep. You know, cause it, it was abnormal for that to ha- you know, that young, 100%. even though now, I mean, and maybe I was just so unaware of it, but now you hear of stories, you know, like sad cases where it's like, man, that sucks. Yeah. You know, I know how they're feeling. <laughs> um, but at least, In my case or in Albany, it's like, gosh, I didn't know anyone whose dad died at a young age or Mm -hmm. went through that experience, you know, something similar to that. And so I hated maybe that label a little bit or not that it was that or people didn't mean it that way, but I hated thinking of it that way, I guess, myself. And so it's like, well, go to Augustana, nobody really knows. Yeah. And that's, that's okay by me. You know,
0: did you feel (laughs) like by being there that you, I don't want to say got better, Or it just, it was less of a thing for you when you were there? Like you felt like a little bit more like yourself?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think when, um, just, you know, it was not as known, was one. And two, like, so then I didn't have to talk about it, which maybe in my way was, it didn't help, but um, it made me, maybe made things easier, I guess, Mm -hmm. at time. Um, Yeah. And then, like you said, kind of constant reminders possibly wasn't, a thing, you know, being around, you know, if I would have went to say St. Cloud State or something like that, or closer to home where it's like, well, I'd probably go home a lot more. I'd probably, you know, just feel, you know, be around my friends, high school friends, which would have been great too, but just more maybe constant reminders of Mm -hmm. things or more responsibility that I should be home and, you know, things like that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So I think being at Aggie helped in some ways just, Like you said, kind of paving my own path a little bit, you know, um, yeah, you know, I I can't say if it helped or not, you know, in some ways, but, um, maybe it did.
0: And it was definitely a new chapter for you. Yeah, for sure. You know, like you were embarking on this next phase, whatever it was and, you know, for good or bad, for better or worse, like you were, you were starting it. Right. And you were going to create these new memories, whatever they were going to be. And, you know, again, ultimately, like it, I do think it sucks to say out loud, you know, but like the further you are removed from a thing, whatever that thing might be, you know, it generally makes it a little bit easier
1: to kind of start moving right in the right direction. Yeah, no, I, yeah, it's, um, it's always hard. Like, I, you know, I even think like in your, in your case, your dad dying and stuff, at an older age, it just you can process things quicker, like you'd mentioned. Um, but it's it's so weird that it's so hard. You know, like it's, I know. That, maybe that sounds dumb to think of it that way, but it's like death is expected, right? But it's like it's 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 the, it's one of the only guarantees that there yeah. is, and it's so damn hard. You know, like yeah. I, I still think of it to this day. Like, man, that's it's really tough when you lose someone, you know,
0: I think it's one of those weird things that like we have, um, built into us that for some reason we don't think about death. Right. Right. And so when you're confronted with it, it's such a jarring deal, even though we all know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like we all know it's happening. No one's ever lived forever. We know that. So like it, it shouldn't come as such of a shock, but we, we all, you know, go through this thing, not thinking about it on a daily basis and right. not that you should, but right. you know, it, it might make you like kind of be a bit more grateful, right?
1: You know, um, but yeah, I what, know, as, as I've gotten older, that's becoming a little bit more like, oh, shit, I'm 42. You know, I'm yeah. not 18 anymore, not 24 anymore, sort of thing. Where it's in trying to enjoy the little things a little bit more as you get older. Yeah,
0: and uh, you know, like you talked about my like, I knew my like, we knew my dad was gonna die for like two years. Yeah. Like I was, I knew it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I thought that sucked. I thought that was the worst way to deal with it, right? Because it's like, oh, this is just the worst. Like knowing, you know towards the end when we really knew right like knowing like this is gonna happen like it just sucks like i wish sometimes i wish it would just it would a car crash it would have been easier because there was no build-up but there is you know i've talked to friends who have lost their parent or a loved one in a in a situation like that to yourself and some other friends who it's been completely unexpected out of the blue no preparation there is no there is no good way You know, Mm -hmm. like there's just not, and it's crazy and it's no matter how equipped you are and how like prepared you are for it, there's there's no right way to do it, you know, and right, no right right way to kind of like live on through it. Right.
1: In the moment. Yeah, no, I, I think of, um, even now, like as I get older and I, I, to this day and it's, you know, like I said, I, maybe it's a family dynamic or as I get, it's almost too ingrained in my system. Like I don't, we don't like my family. My oldest brother's really good about talking about my dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I just don't to my family and I don't know if it's just too hard or what, sure. but I hope like things that I've learned to cope with and how to deal with things. Cause like talking to you, it's like, ah, I can talk about my dad all day. Sure. If it's to my mom, there's zero chance I could make it, you know, like, I don't know yeah. why it is, or my brothers, or something. Um, and obviously, we're closer to the situation, so it's like, oh, it's easier to talk to someone that doesn't know the situation, sure. I guess. Um, but yeah, even at forty-two, it's like, well, I hope that I can teach my boys that, hey, it's okay to cry, it's okay to yeah. talk about your feelings and emotions, and because right. um, you know that would be one. It's like, ah, oh, I wish as a as a seventeen-year-old kid, I wish I could tell myself. You know, now I tell myself back then, like, dude, you got to, it's okay, you know, you got to talk about it, you know, talk to people, talk to friends, talk to family. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it was just something that, you know, like we were texting a little bit and just like, yeah, something you just didn't really do. No. You know, not that it was acceptable, but people didn't know how to deal with it. Right. Yeah, and
0: just we were all so, you're you're just so ill-equipped when you're young. Yeah. Uh, Not just you, but the people around you, because as you mentioned, right? Like nobody's gone through it and they don't know what to do. And do they say the wrong thing? Do they, do they make it a situation worse or better? And they don't want to do any of that. So they just stay quiet. And unfortunately, like sometimes like that's the worst thing you can do too. You know, like that's the thing, like there's no right way, um, you know, to help a guy, to help somebody through it, you know? Um, Yep. You just got to know your, you got to know your, I think you got to know your people, right? And right. you know, like I know my group, which ones yep. need what, right? Whether hey. it's just a random text
1: or, hey man, let's go grab a beer or right. let's talk yep. about it, you know? Right. I had a good friend and when you had your buddy on, um, that was a cop, I can't remember his name, um, that did the EMDR stuff. Yeah, Brad. Yep. Yeah. Um, when I listen to that episode, I'm like, man, you know, so when I turned 36, it just hit me like a ton of bricks because that was over half my life that my dad had died. Sure. Like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. And then I just, not like in a bad way, but just couldn't stop thinking about him dying and mm-hmm. that I haven't really said much to, you know, people knew, but I don't just you know, not anything that I'd talk about. So a coworker mine's like, you gotta kinda and someone again that kinda knew the situation, but it's like I felt comfortable telling a not a stranger, but a friend, you know, mm-hmm. co worker. Like, you you should you know, you should talk to someone. It's not super healthy to not to, you know, not talk about it, you know, right. sort of thing. Like, I kinda went down that path a little bit and even my wife, like we get along great and have a good relationship, but she'd probably say that's one of my faults is not saying what's on my mind all the time and for good or worse, sort of, you know, for better or worse sort of thing. And, um, anyways, uh, that's like, ah, so I went into, you know, just the regular doctor and said, Hey, kind of thinking about this and what do you think? And sure, we can give you a referral and Mm -hmm. it's been going down the counseling route just a little bit, um, where it's like pretty quiet and cordial, but it's like, uh, I don't really want to talk to you (laughs) at all. And so by about the third counselor sort of thing and trying to stick with it, I guess a little bit as well. um, It's like, okay. And then just had a really good connection with the lady and um, she's like, we need to do the EMDR out. So like when your friend was talking about the lights and the, you know, the clicking and different things in hands and I was like, Oh yeah, that, that sounds very familiar. Interesting. Uh, Yeah. So it was really, really an interesting process. very helpful and she referenced some good books and things like that and kind of like you have to be committed to this if you want to kind of learn the process of how to heal and kind of move forward a little bit and uh, yes I did that for about three years and it was I wouldn't say like uh, life-changing in terms of now I'm just so vocal about everything to everybody Um, but just and how to deal with that because you know, part of the problem with my dad dying, me being there. It's like, I couldn't solve that problem. And that was, sure. that, was that was challenging. Like, man, I can't help, yeah. you know, uh, I can't help this. And so it's like, that was, I don't know, maybe internally blame myself or something like that, that I didn't recognize mm-hmm. something that morning when we talked and, you know, just things like that, that I didn't catch anything, you know? Um, sure. but yeah. Going down mm-hmm. that route was an interesting process, but very beneficial um, in the long run. So, mm-hmm
0: and you know you 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 mentioned it right like didn't didn't feel like the first one was right and you know it eventually took you to the third i mean that's so true that i think i think like finding a counselor like you you have to give it a try right like you have to if you go to one and you you're like uh if you if you've acknowledged yeah i should probably talk, be talking to somebody about this right um to anybody listening to this if you've acknowledged that like inside and you go to one and you're like uh, you know i just didn't feel go to another one and then go right. to you know like keep you're going to find one cuz it's so it is you do need to i don't want to feel like say like you feel like you have to have a connection but you have to feel like that person you want to talk to that person. And I don't know what it is yep. about anybody in any space, but we've all been like at a restaurant and your waiter walks up. Some, I know for myself, sometimes I'm very talkative. Sometimes yep. I'm like, no. And I don't, I don't know what it is that makes me decide to talk to somebody and open up to somebody, you know, yep. and it's the same with a counselor, right? Like kind of like dating, In a sense, you know, you gotta you gotta date counselors and find the one that you're willing to talk to, right? Like, it's just like with your spouse or whatever, right? Like that was the one that you were like, yeah, I'm comfortable with this person and talking to this person about things I don't talk to other people about,
1: right? You know, and and then asking the right things, um, you know, just all of that matters. You know, sure. and, and just feeling comfortable of giving an honest answer or giving an in depth answer. It's, yep. It's, it's, yeah. And, and nothing against the other two that, you know, just like didn't have that connection. Super nice people had some conversations, but nothing where it's like, I don't, I just don't feel like this is going to help me at all. Sure. You know, but like you said, sticking with it and going, try the next one. Yeah. Try the next one, you know, sort of thing. And yeah, it was, it was good. So. I mean, like,
0: Pick a profession. There's good ones. There's bad ones.
1: They're still all people.
0: They have good days. They have bad days, right? Like, so, you know, If again, ultimately it goes back. Like, if you've come to this point in your journey of dealing with whatever trauma you're dealing with and you recognize, I need help, keep going until you find somebody that can give you some assistance. Don't just give up because the first time you tried, it's like, oh, that didn't work. So I'll go back to the bottle or go back to whatever it is I'm doing to try and cope with it. Cause it, you've, yeah, you, you just know, you know, you need some help. So go get it, like, find it. Right. Take some, take some minute Yeah. And I'm
1: yeah, and, 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 like, you said earlier, I'm glad it's being a little more normalized as well. Like mm-hmm. I feel, you know, ashamed sharing it or, you know, anything like that. It's like, oh, I needed some help and I got it and feel good about it, you know, and gave me some good coping skills to deal with stuff as I get older. And, some good resources as well for sure so.
0: which is so stupid you know right. right like oh i cut my leg off but i'll just deal with it no you go <laughs> get help <laughs> yep. right like you got a you got a problem you know like go right. get help it's okay i, I don't know right. I, it's so yeah i don't know i think that's one of the good things about like the general I, I, generationally where we're at i don't know like there's a lot i don't agree with In the world, but I I definitely agree with that, right? And that that's where we're at. Like that, people are okay saying, "Yeah, I need some help here," and people don't like judge them for it anymore. You know, there's a little bit of empathy to it, which is good because
1: there should be. Right. Yep, for sure. Yeah, I mean, just seeing it in schools and you know, coaching and things like that with you know high school students and whatnot, and just seeing you know the mental health concerns is it's sad at times and you feel for families that have to deal with it, you know, kids that have to deal with it and not, um, like you said, you know, becoming a little more normal for people to reach Mm -hmm. out and ask for help, which is great. Um, but it's still, um, it's still hard to see. And it's more than ever really, you know, um, which sucks, (laughs) you know, it's, it's a tough thing, but I'm glad that there are more and more resources available to you. For Sure for sure. Yep.
0: Well, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that that occurred. I never knew it. Right. I didn't know yeah. it till, you know, six months ago or three months ago, whenever, you know, you mentioned it and it's just like, yeah. man, you never know, you know, what yeah. somebody's dealing with at the time or anything. So, you know, thanks for sharing. I, thank you for sharing with me. Yeah, know, thanks for like talking yeah, about think, it. Cause yeah, I, I can't think, tell yeah. you the messages that I've gotten from people who have come on here and talked about their experience in some form or fashion on the back end. Yep. And people are like, man, that was that it hit home or it helped or, you know, helped them in some way. And it, it means a lot. So
1: I appreciate that, dude. Yeah, no, you know, just listening. And this is a whole another thing. I had messaged you on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill had reached out and he's like, Hey, Heinrich's got this sweet podcast. You have to check it out. Um, he's like, he's interviewing all the old doggy guys. Um, and the day he called me, and he knew, but my wife was having a double mastectomy and we found out she had breast cancer this summer. And so I was at the hospital down by the U and just, there's like a long hallway mm-hmm. and I'm just pacing and we're in like we are already an hour and 40 minutes late for surgery. Um, you know, just on edge, not knowing what's going to happen, how's yeah. it going to go. And Phil calls like, Hey, good luck, dude. Love you. Hope everything's good. Hey, by the way, Heinrich's got this sweet podcast, you know? And I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, I need six hours to just consume my mind. <laughs> and literally I walked just back and forth in that hallway listening to Teddy Nelson talk and Ross and, you know, a lot of that, you know, McCabe and Holm. And, um, it was, it was awesome. So what you're doing, that's awesome. That's great, dude. I love that. Yeah. yeah, And even my favorite one, honestly, is, um, you talking to your mom. Like that was a cool, cool podcast to hear, you know, in just simulators like you talking about your dad with your mom and things like that, that it's like, got it. Hopefully someday I can get the, you know, get brave enough to talk to my mom about stuff, you know, a little Mm -hmm. bit like you're, like you do. That was really cool to listen to.
0: It's the, it's the thing that has helped us as a unit is, um, just bringing up stories of them, you know, because it was, we were not a family I should say, I shouldn't say were, we are, not a family that communicates well. <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> um, and I know my siblings will kind of be nodding their head as they hear that. Uh, we never were. It was always you know pretty quiet in the house. We'd watch a game. We'd yep. We'd eat. We'd go do our thing. You know, and uh, obviously feel you know we were we loved each other and all that stuff. But you know we didn't sit around and talk. Great. Right. My dad would if, if, when he came home from work. If he said five words, you were lucky. right um so like it it just what but we have we all have these stories of him as like a coach uh getting in trouble and like his responses and whatnot so like that's what it is now like when we're all together is we just we tell the stories of of him and like that's how we remember him kind of keep him in our thoughts and remember all all the fun and like just makes us laugh right? right like joking around about him you know and um, laughing at you know, oh God, your elbows are on the table. Be careful, right? Because my dad hated it, right? And yeah. you know, and, and it's helped us to get there. Yep. And it it wasn't overnight. It was right. probably four or five years where we hardly yeah. ever mentioned his name, right? And eventually, we all got to the point where we talk about him more now. You know, and it's it, good. It it helps. It, it helps us. Yep. Yeah, but I mean, like how. How's, how's your wife and how are
1: you guys doing? Are you doing all right with that? Yeah, uh, well. So she was, uh, we found out like, gosh, probably middle to end of August. Um, it was just a bizarre, she's considered high risk okay. based on what not. So I've been going in for checkups for quite a few, quite a few years. And she went in, needed a biopsy done. Found out um, via phone call at work that it was, you know, the the biopsy that they took was cancer positive, and um, the the tricky part was they had been watching this area, or this spot, for three years, but never biopsied it, and then. Um, <laughs> we didn't find out or like hear from an actual doctor for over a week after a nurse said, yep, you have cancer. So she came home from work and she um, is a nurse in Maple Grove came home and it was like, well, in her mind, it's like, I've had this for three years, you know, and we didn't get any, like, why didn't you biopsy it? what you know, just facts and information that we needed to hear. So that week was miserable. I mean, mm-hmm. just no one reached out because the one oncologist that we were supposed to speak to was on vacation. The doctor that that she, you know, obviously mm-hmm. was going to request to have surgery was out and didn't contact her. So we just didn't hear from anybody for about a week. So we we didn't tell anybody for about a week mm-hmm. because we didn't we didn't know what to say other than I breast sure. breast cancer. And that was, that was really tough. Yeah, I mean, I tough. remember telling the boys and I just started bawling because I was like, yeah. I don't know what to tell you, but here's why mom is so sad. You know, things like that. And that was, that was a hard day, yeah. you know, but, um, but right now, um, so she did, did the double mastectomy and then just, you know, implants, no implants, decided not to, which is, that's awesome that's her choice supported 100%
0: mm-hmm.
1: is taking a pill form um, it's called um, uh, endocrine therapy and so we have, we were able to avoid radiation because of the double mastectomy and with endocrine therapy because her cancer is a hormonal, hormonal cancer we could avoid chemo which is a huge bonus and so now she has to take this for 10 years or up to 10 years so one pill a day every day for about 10 years but she's back to work back to working out um and the endocrine therapy is supposed to fight off any potential cancer cells in her body okay. or at least help lessen the reoccurrence um somewhere else but um I, you know i think in the end it, you know obviously is terrifying as it was and stressful um we ended up about as good as we could so sure very thankful and grateful for that for sure yeah man i can't imagine right yes it was a long couple months of not knowing and then yeah. you know leading up to the surgery and every like all this thing we learned, i learned a lot personally even though my wife's a nurse and she worked in oncology for 13 years mm-hmm. uh you know being on the other side of it um knowing like, well, the stage is determined on the size of the tumor and, you know, just all the, you know, the treatment depends on the size and where it's at and yep. how big, um, what type it is, is it, you know, all the different terminology things. And, um, so it was just, it was kind of a wild process, and but sure. again, very thankful it ended up, we got with some great, great people and great doctors and had a really good support system here in Monticello and family. And so it was it turned out as good as it could, so
0: it's great to hear. It's great to hear. Yeah. You know, yep. Yep. Never fun going through it, but always good when you're
1: as on the other side of it as you can be. Right. Yeah. You know? No. And I, you know, I think like my own process with things like having, having my wife go through that now and now I need to be her support system mm-hmm. it needs it just more like, even for me, it was more the mental side of things of, is it going to be okay? We can get through this. Yeah. You know, what's the, Hey, let's keep moving forward, you know, things like that. And, um, yeah, so <laughs> having a little bit of experience in that, um, I think helped hopefully, at least for her, even though I'm normally pretty quiet about stuff, but, sure. uh, but just making sure she was okay and on the right path mentally, I think was really important too. So, mm. but yeah, yeah I mean, so I, we're slowly kind of getting back to normal and crazy busy schedules with kids and work and things like that. So,
0: yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't want to like just talk about <laughs> not, a, not a good way to transition out of this. I'm no, glad no, to hear everybody's doing okay. well. Right. But I'd like to talk yeah. about your time at Augie as well, man. Like let's, sure. yeah. okay, let's have some fun if we can. Right. Absolutely. You know, we talked about your first day and, you know, meeting everybody, you know, what was, and I ask everybody this, you know, cause I know my experience on my first practice. When I walked out there uh, and went from what I thought was the greatest gift uh, to baseball, <laughs> yeah. you know, in my high school career, to then getting on college field and like, all right, it's a bunch of these dudes, right? And like seeing it, it was, it was eye, it was eye opening, shocking, et cetera. Right? So I'm just curious, like, what was it like for you, like, getting out there? It was exciting. It was all those things. So what was it like for you to get out there your first day and just, you know, you met Ross assuming Ted, I'm, I'm assuming yep. you met me, Andy, Ryan, like all of us yep. on your trip. Right. Yep. Um, but then like, Hey, we're out there. We got all our, we all got our gloves on. There's bats
1: you know, like we're, we're throwing, we're
0: all that. What was it like for you?
1: If you remember? Um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, similar to like a lot of people had said how there's just so much talent You know, when you play high school and I grew up in like central Minnesota is known for baseball, mm-hmm. um, a lot of, a lot of good talent, but, not all on one team you know yeah and two I think there's something to be said of a lot of us were one or if not the second best player in all our high schools too so there's Mm -hmm. kind of that alpha male of how do I stand out above this guy even though he's older than me and better than me or how am I going to stand out to coach to get an opportunity over these guys Um, because there is a pecking order as well you know you have your juniors and your seniors that have been around and they're smarter. And even though you're more talent, you know, a younger guy, but be more talented, they can just beat you anyways. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter because they're smarter. They've been around the block. And um, yeah, I just remember all the talent was quite, quite shocking. I, like you had mentioned too, where when I got recruited by NDSU, the three games that Mitch McLeod came and watched me play, I hit a home run in every game. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, "Wow." You can come play outfield for us too. And I'm like, sweet. And when I talked to McCabe, he's like, yeah, you'll get a shot. You know, like he was, you could try (laughs) it. You know, he was pretty honest about it. Um, and you know, so the NDSU coach thought I was some great hitter too. And it's like, I'm okay. Like, but in my mind, like, well, if I can hit an NDSU, I can hit Augustana. And then I got there and like, Oh fuck, I don't have a chance. I can't hit with these guys, you know? So it's like, (laughs) I'll just be a pitcher, you know? Um, but yeah, just yeah, like you said, just the talent is it was phenomenal. It was intimidating to be quite honest. Your Same. first first whole fall ball where it's like huh. Right. I do not fit in day to day here, you know. I don't know how to pitch. I don't know how to you know, I don't know. It was it was uh, very uh it was fun, but yeah, very intimidating.
0: Yeah. Like I that the uh, my first practice whatever it was, I don't even know if it was fall ball. I think it might've just been like, we all went over there and, you know, we're, we're throwing the ball or, you know, all the things, right. Just out there, the kid, you know, that the L screens out, the cage is up. Um, and our eight freshmen went over there and we we're just messing around. And I just, you know, I just remember hearing the whip, right. Uh, you know, yeah. some of the arms, and you know throwing throwing some pitches to some dudes you know you're not you're not throwing hard but just just how easily they're barreling it and driving (laughs) it and you're just like right there's a part of me that was like do i belong here you know like an imposter syndrome type of thing like is this like should i be here because like these guys have like just this uh confidence um in them that like, I don't know if I have right now. Right. Uh, and it took a minute for me to, to, to achieve that. Um, with our like going in there. Cause we, you know, we came in, we were all going to play right away. Like that was the expectation was you guys are, I'm you know, we're hitching, I'm hitching my wagon to you. And so I'm sinking or swimming with you. And like we were told that, like like prior. It's like, okay, you know, cool. And that was part of the appeal too, right? Of of going there was like, we got a shot, we're gonna go play, like all the things. But man, like once you get out there and you start seeing, as you mentioned, all these dudes, all these talent, all this talent and people with just unbridled levels of confidence.
1: Great. You're like, all right, you know, show's on, like, let's go, right? What? Yeah, and I remember, um, you know, like specifically how smooth Mitch was in center, Mm -hmm. um, hearing about like how Dunleavy got cut one year, and I'm like, what? If he got cut, I'm for sure going to get cut, you know, like just stuff like that, where it's like, you know, and then Ross and Ryan and Andy and you and Teddy and just, I mean, just studs, and it's like, like you said, how do do I fit in? I don't, how's this going to work? But you know, having a guy like McCabe who was pretty honest, at least that was my experience overall mm-hmm. um, with him, that he was pretty honest and here's how you're going to fit in and here's going to be your role. And um, here's where I see you. So, which was reassuring in some ways, like you'll get opportunities here, here and here sort of thing. And mm-hmm. so that was, that was helpful. And then um, just having older guys like you as well, I, I still remember, um my first college appearance. We were in California. Okay. And well, even just something really simple. I'd never flown on a plane. Oh wow. And so when we fly out to California, Andy's like, Nett, do you want to sit by the window? And I'm like, uh sure. You know, like just being really nice. Um, you know, and just I mean, you guys were just good dudes to us. And I remember going to California and my first outing, and we were at like Sonoma State. Does that sound right? Mm-hmm. And you and myself and Teddy, and I think maybe Hoyg, because if you remember, we roomed together my freshman year. I slept with Teddy, and he picked me because I don't move when I sleep. And I still remember that, like I just lay very still on the corner of the bed because I didn't want to get my ass kicked by you guys. And um, I go in against Sonoma State, and we're down like 10 or something because they were just really good. Mm-hmm. And I was so nervous, but I remember going out of the pen, and you were like, give them hell, net, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I just clearly remember that. And I go out there, and I go six batters. And two hits, two walks, two beans, and McCabe pulled me out. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm done. This is it. That was my college experience, you know. Um, but you guys just being really good. Like, Ross was my weightlifting partner. And like, hey, man, it's going to be okay. And then McCabe puts me in against San Francisco State, I think, or yeah. remember we played San Fran. Yep. And I got the save. He put me in with one out in the last inning. With like guys on second, and third, or a guy in for second or something like that, and it's like oh, I got two outs and got to save, and now my ERA was like 140 instead of infinity. <laughs> and it's like, oh, and but throughout that whole trip, guys were just re- re- reassuring and yeah. welcoming and helpful. It's like, hey, man, it's going to be okay. And people telling stories of their failures and oh. uh, so so it was just really helpful, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't feel like I was on an island by myself so
0: yeah that's that's awesome right like I I know similar like we all I think we all we all had those of right. you go in and you know or you're at you're at bat you know for the guys that that hit and you walk out there with the confidence and I mean and, but that's also baseball but it yep. still happens to you know the the Clayton Kershaws you name it right like they still have their yep. bad days where they can't not groove a pitch. Right. right. And yeah. Sometimes it feels like that. You're like, I'm either right down the middle or I'm hitting the backstop or the, or the the batter. Right. And right. yeah, it's pitching's fun. It's, it's so fun yeah. when you go through an experience <laughs> like that, where you're just like, right. when are they coming to get me? Please.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when I, I remember coming back, my first college win and I'm kind of weird like this cause I remember s- certain things very specifically, Yeah. but you started against USF midweek. Yeah. And you went like three innings or something to that effect, struggled a little bit. And I came in, we won, I pitched like the last three or four innings and I knew you, uh, you were just mad by re- your performance. Yeah. But I remember, aim up specifically and I'll remember this forever is you're like hey net nice job man like just something really simple that it's like you know as even now as a coach or you know going through college and you know then being the elder at some point of like no matter how you're doing like support your teammates Yeah, you know like you can still work on your own stuff but that's on your own time sort of thing that um, like I said you guys are just pretty good to us you know like as a younger group and um, you know, kind of grateful for that. And that was a, it was a fun group of guys, even as a freshman, when it was scary as hell at times. And I mean, there's some really good teams, you know, um, and good players. And it's like that, that was helpful to have, have good people surrounding you. Yeah. I,
0: I think that's like, what's like so cool about getting to college and playing right is you're able to you're able to kind of like change something, right? And or yep. like create, help create a culture that like tries to build people up because like I was super nervous for a thousand reasons. I grew up in a small town, you know, lower class, lower classmen. Yep. You were, you were shit compared yep. to the seniors. It yep. didn't matter how good you were. It didn't matter that I was a freshman and pitched at varsity. They treated me like shit. Right. Like, because I was a, I was a puke. Right. And so like, I'm, I just remember thinking, oh man, I wonder if it's going to be like that there and day one. And it wasn't. And they were all like, yeah, come on over, hang out, come like, be a part of the team. Like you're, you're just part of the team, you know, and it didn't matter how old you were or how you were doing. You were, you were one of the guys. right? Right. And yeah. Like when you have a bad day. I don't know. I never looked at it. I'm, I'm sure I, I have it in my past, like not treated somebody right in a moment like that because I was so pissed at myself. Um, but I, I'm thankful that you remember that I, I didn't that day because that, that's great, right? Like that's what you hope to be right? Uh, in those moments and you hope that like people remember it and then yeah. they do the same because, I, again, like one of my most vivid memories of Audi baseball is that first day and being terrified, like (laughs) seeing all of it and being like, shit. Okay. You know, like this is different and all right. It's going to take a lot. You know, I was a head case, you know, I'd, I'd have my days where I was like, yeah, I'm the greatest thing that's ever, you know, walked on a diamond and I can throw a billion miles an hour. And then there were days I'd go out there and be like, man, I feel like I'm throwing 40 and right. nothing's gonna go right and i don't want to go out there don't put me in don't let the game get close whatever it might be it, I, yep. Baseball's so mental like that if you don't feel good like so yeah like try to make dudes feel good and like hopefully that gets passed down and passed down and passed down and like changes and you know and it, it was just
1: all because like what was shown to us so it's like try to do the same you know yeah and i i i still remember like yeah. Like when McCabe left, then Holm got hired and Holm and I stuck uh, at least probably once every six months, like I'll call him. And to me, like, like he's almost more of like a father figure in some ways, you know, college. And he was such a good dude um, to me. And, you know, the type of guy, like he was, you know, part of our wedding when I got married and things like that, just because I respected him highly. And, um, you know, thinking of, like you said, you know, lacking the confidence and whatnot when my sophomore year when I had elbow surgery and then came back my junior year. And that's the year we won the Mm -hmm. NCC. And I was just such a mental midget. Like I'd come out and throw strikes for an inning. And then the next inning I couldn't throw it through a freaking garage door. And it was bad. It was like Rick Ankiel at times. Um, But anyways, like I still remember after that year when we, you know, you do your after the year meetings and I'm, just really disappointed in myself from Mm. like all proper freshman to getting hurt to like pretty bad sophomore season, not contributing much. And Holm just said, you know, everybody else wants you to succeed, but you need to want this as much as anybody, you know, sort of thing of like, you have to, you have to meet us halfway here, you know, sort of thing. And, uh, you know, so that meant a lot in terms of like, we're writing you off sort of thing. And, um, but you mentally have to make that jump, you know, to you're good enough sort of thing. And uh, so that really mattered. And I remember that next summer just working really hard and I wish I had a mental coach a lot earlier in, in life or especially in college, but, um, and, uh, you know, ended up, you know, my last two years, you know, being a conference starter for most of those years, most of those years. And, mm-hmm. you know, probably, yeah, I was maybe a 500 pitcher in college, but um, I, I felt like got the best out of my ability, yeah. you know, um, from what I, you know, what I had is I had two elbow surgeries that my sophomore year. So um, after that, you know, velocity dipping a little bit and having mm-hmm. to learn how to pitch a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, so it's like, felt like he reached me in a way that someone didn't. And, um, sure. that was really helpful just to, have you know, just be surrounded by good people, you know, and him obviously recruiting, um, some other kids that were good players, and, mm-hmm. you know, setting the groundwork. I mean, you played for him the for his first year coming in and, um, you know, setting the groundwork for success and beyond. So that was, that was really beneficial. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I
0: love, I, you know, I love playing for McCabe, right. Uh, he was, yep. he was a hard baseball guy, yep. right. I wish I could have played for home yep. a little longer. Yep. Uh, he was good people and yep. cared about you, uh, yep. in a way that, uh, I'd never experienced as a player. Right. right. Yeah. Prior to that, It had always been performance-based for the most part, you know, of, you know, well, hey, you suck today, so we're taking you out. All right. (laughs) You know, got it. You know, or throw strikes or, you know, whatever, right, versus you doing all right? You know, like, you feeling okay? Like, what's going on? Or talking to you after practice? Like, hey, you know, let's go, you know, when you're old enough, let's go have a beer, like, relax, you know, something. And, and like, so when he came in, it was just so refreshing to, to, to see that, you know, he still demanded, you know, good work and hard work and, you know, he, he wanted results and it, cause it is a results based business at that level, but he was also, he did it in a way that was very, uh, you, you felt like when he would get on you, you knew, I mean, like you knew It, it was never like, why the fuck are you yelling at me for? You know, right. it was, yeah, all right. I got it. Yeah. You
1: know, it, it, that's Warren. You got me coach. <laughs> you
0: know, like, right. yep.
1: my yeah, bad. I, I felt like my freshman year. And again, it's a different lens, you know, with, with McCabe too. Like you said, a lot of business, um, very diehard baseball, which is awesome. Um, and then hunt was the grad assistant that year. Oh man. Hunt Who was, was pretty intense Yeah, for my liking. And it's like. To go from those two to home was just, for me, a night and day difference in terms of, like, what was the importance, I guess. One was put over the other a little bit more. Um, Even though they were fair to me, um, it was just a different culture. I mean, we, I felt like you guys created the culture freshman year in terms of just being welcoming. Mm -hmm. And not that they didn't, but it was player built where when home was there, it was definitely coach led that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was, for me, I just wasn't used to that. I remember my freshman year, I called my mom and I was like, this assistant coach just yells all the time. You know, I'm like, he's just mad. And, <laughs> and she had a really good perspective on things and i still use this with my own kids if they talk about a teacher or a coach or something and i'm like my mom literally said she goes well what is he telling you and i'm like well it's this and this whatever it might be and she's like well is it stuff that's accurate is it you know and i'm like yeah you know i I think some of it is she's like well just listen to what he's telling you and not how he's telling you it sure and i'm like oh okay i guess that makes sense But you you just don't have that full connection at that point, you know, or that, and she had just said, she's like, well, that's probably how he was coached in some way or how he was, you know, information got across to him in that way, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, okay, makes sense. That's fine. But then, like I said, when home came, it was just a, for me, at least a a very big culture shift. Um, so I was just more receptive to that, even though, like you said, he was, he could lay down the law when he needed to, but just Mm -hmm. in a different way. Um, I still remember my, we were up in St. Cloud my junior year and it's like, Oh, I have a lot of buddies coming out. And it's in, that's at Puts field. And I threw there as a high schooler and man, mm-hmm. that's a beautiful complex. And so we get there like on a Friday and a couple of my buddies and some of the other, um, Augie guys are, Hey, we're going out tonight and going to meet some people and we'll be back at whatever time it was. And, curfew was say 10 30 or something like that. And I miss curfew by 15 minutes Mm -hmm. and home. Like I got back and Phil and Owen were in our room and they're like, you're supposed to go see coach. I'm like, Oh shit. And I go in I'm like, Hey coach, you needed to see me. He's like, you're not starting tomorrow. I'm like, what? He's like, we went for room check. You weren't there. You're old enough to know better, mm-hmm. um, so you, you'll be in relief. i like, I was so, I was just like, oh shit, this is awful. Like, what am I going to tell my family when they show up tomorrow? Sure. So we so start one. Um, then the next day, well, <laughs> he finds out like six other guys miss curfew too. <laughs> <laughs> he. He came up and he's like, I can't just punish you for this. You're starting. Well, I throw a complete game, like four, nothing shutout. Yeah. And we go through the line and you know how he was not big on swearing. (laughs) He grabs me by the arm. He goes, nice game. Don't you ever fucking put me, put me in that situation again. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh, he's really mad. Well then we went the next game, uh, Another Albany guy, Troy Wonderlick, throws a shutout. And so we swept Saint Cloud mm-hmm. and he puts us all on the foul line and just ran us like dogs. <laughs> and it was like and Saint Cloud's going, What the hell? We're the ones who got swept, you know? <laughs> and Homer just ran us and it was like, Okay, message sent. Yeah. You know, so he he had a culture that he wanted to to uh, sustain, and you sure. know, when he needed to put the hammer down, he did, which was, which was really meaningful, you know, yeah. um, in the long run, for sure. Yeah, absolutely,
0: that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. What were what were some of your favorite memories playing there?
1: Um, you know, I'd say like the NCC when we were out in Colorado um, in 03 when we won. It was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it, some of the, like, playing stuff is really fun. You know, I I still remember at South Dakota State my freshman year, and it's all kind of just obscure things. Yeah. And remember, South Dakota State just raked. They were, you know, they were just loaded. And I I still remember Allard was getting hit around a little bit in a game, and there was a ball, and just learning as a younger guy, there was a ball hit, like, you remember their field was really big. Mm-hmm. And dead center was say like four fifteen, and a guy hit a ball over Messer's head, and Dan thought the ball should have been caught. And it's like, well, that was like a four hundred foot fly ball. <laughs> it was pretty. It was hit pretty well. And Dan came in and said something like, like I had some defense behind me or something to that effect. And <laughs> I just remember Wilbur saying uh, karma's a bitch, Dan, or something to that effect. (laughs) And as a younger guy, I'm all ears listening. And it's like, okay, number one, don't bitch about your defense ever. (laughs) You know, like little things like that. Mm -hmm. If you remember, and I don't know if you remember that when McCabe got kicked out of one of the double headers when he brought out a quarter to the umpire and was like, this will help you make calls this next game. (laughs) And they tossed him (laughs) before the game even started. Brilliant. I remember that. Um, I I remember Coach Holm. um, We were playing, I think it was NDSU, and NDSU's, the umpire told, uh, maybe it was NDSU or UNC, the umpire told um, that coach to get the fuck off the field, Mm -hmm. and we all heard it right by our dugout. (laughs) And Holm went and chewed the coach's ass for swearing in front of our team, which was really funny. <laughs> and so then the next day, the guy had to argue a call, and well, the ump you know the ump swore at the coach. The coach then just let him have it, and he knew he had to let him have it. Like you can't swear to coach and then not let him swear at you. Yeah, but Holmes so disgusted that the coach was just lighting lighting him up in front of us the next day. He's arguing a call, and he's like, "That's crap, and this is crappy." Like, <laughs> home just made the effect of he couldn't swear, basically. And he's like, "I don't so know how coach, to talk." <laughs> the coach is like, "I don't know how to argue this anymore." Um, home almost got ejected from a game, and and he'll admit the ball was fouled by like three feet, mm-hmm. and he was like absolutely all over the umpire and he's like oh that was followed by like three feet and they're like why did you make such a scene and he's like he's terrible like i just (laughs) i just wanted because we couldn't see it down the third baseline you know um so it yeah a lot of the memories are just kind of obscure things like i remember you talking about the home runs andy hit that when we were down in iowa that time yeah where they're all moonshots. um Wiesner hit two grand slams in a weekend or in a game or in a, in a day one time, um, in Oh three to help us win the conference title, which was just wild. Um, so yeah, just some really obscure, you know, random like super moments that were really fun. Yeah. Uh, And even like from, you know, knowing Phil in high school and then pitching to him, um, You know, all the way through a little bit and then even, you know, doing well in some games. It's like, oh, it was really fun to have Phil there kind of throughout, you know, getting to know Owen and a lot of the guys, Wiesner, Ivor, Schaefer, uh, DeBoer, um, some of the guys that you kind of, you know, came through and seeing their successes. And that stuff was just kind of fun. It's awesome. I remember coming out of a game against NDSU with bases loaded and we were up like four to one. And since my brother went there, they were giving me a hard time. Mm-hmm. And then Iverson's came in with nobody out, bases loaded, and we're up. And he gets, like, strikeout, strikeout, pop-up, and I was just jacked for him. Like, holy shit, dude, you just, like, that's a huge moment, you know, to come in, just being excited for him. Mm-hmm. Um, one that stands out more personal, I don't know if you remember my freshman year, and we were out of the playoffs at that time, like, we weren't we weren't going to make it. And NDSU, we were playing them at home, and my brother came in and hit against me. Oh, wow. And that was only college at bat, and I struck him out. The if you're the first pitch I threw at him. At a boy. Probably, I don't know, like two feet behind him in the wow. first pitch, and then I ended up striking him out. So that was kind of a, you know, like personally a fun moment. That's awesome. So, yeah, but otherwise, yeah, just kind of some random moments that were funny, like whether it happened in the dugout or mm-hmm. – uh, you know, some successes in there, but mostly for other guys, you know, like, or for the team, which is kind yeah. of fun. And it's just listening to all the other guys, how you, like, I think we remember some of our personal successes, but you remember the team or the, I don't know, people, sometimes people are just wired, wired differently. I think a lot, you know, especially some of the groups of guys that you've had on are just wired a little bit differently. You remember the team stuff or kind of the, the random stuff a lot more than you do like, Hey, I struck this guy out here yeah. or in the moment. And it's like, I, I remember facing him or whatever, but it's like, I don't remember what happened. No. Probably hit a run off of me. I don't know. No. Um Like we, you know, I, I remember getting Borgie, Borgie, getting smoked by a foul ball Yes. and Benny like feeling so bad for him, you know, just stuff like that. Yep. It's like, Holy shit. He almost died. You know, yeah, before he almost died.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right. Like, and I think that's, yeah. Like we, my mom sent this picture from the August leader, some Augie game. It was like, oh, takes two right in the, in the paper. And it's a picture of Ross sliding into second. Right. So I sent it to the guys and I was like, I was like, Ross, you know, I didn't even read it. I didn't care. Right. Like, yeah. you know, I don't care how we did. It. And then Andy's like, Heinrich, like It was like the article said, like, eight hit, complete game, you know, shutout or whatever. And I was like, if you would have told me I ever did that in college prior to this (laughs) article being sent by my mom, I would have called you a liar. Like, I would have had, I have no memory of that occurring. Right. Whatsoever. And I still don't. Like, and I'm reading the article. I'm like, I don't remember playing that team. I don't remember doing that. (laughs) Like, nothing about that tracks in my brain. But... Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Right. Like, apparently it happened. It's all right. for me. It's all the yep. off the field stuff and just hanging with the boys. And
1: yep. that's what it was yeah. all about. When you brought up the, and Phil and I have talked about this just randomly. He and I keep in touch quite a bit. And <laughs> The time that Dino got hit by Andy in the moon towers when he tackled oh him, God. And you guys brought that up. And I remember it was videotaped. Do you remember that? Yep. Like there is a video out there somewhere where Dino just got destroyed, and when you brought that up, I am like, "Oh my god!" I forgot about that, and now I am never gonna, (laughs) never gonna forget about that moment where, like, Andy almost killed Trevor. Yeah, (laughs) Trevor was like, "It's fine." (laughs) He just (laughs) took it. Like he was really good about it when he didn't need to be. And right, but yeah, it's moments like that that are, you know, make. Yep. You know, experience of college being away from home. For sure. You know, trying to figure out life a little bit um a little bit easier too. A lot of good people and as best you can. <laughs> yeah, right. As best right. you can, dude. Absolutely. Yeah, what what was um like for you like something that stands out whether it's you know, friends, baseball something that stands out to you during your time?
0: Hmm. I think I, you know, because I feel like I've told, I've said a lot, right? Of like, yeah. I, I feel like I had my, I, I've talked about like when I knew I could pitch at college. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's so many memories of just like, and again, I, also, I, I, just said it. It's all the stuff off the field. I remember stretching in our in that circle in left field. Uh, when we would warm up for practices and just all the bullshit we would talk to each other about the night before, uh, which again, stretching in left field made zero sense because our dugout was the first base dugout. But we would do that in fall ball for some reason. I don't know why, but we did. Uh, I I don't know if it was to try and see the girls walking into the Elman. I don't know what we were doing over there, but that's where we would stretch. Um, And we just, you know, talk shit to each other nonstop. Um, you know, to hanging out in the dorms and, and, like, having upperclassmen come to the dorms and hang out with us right. in the dorms. Like, I right. was like, what are you guys doing here? They're like, well, we just came to hang out with you guys. And it's was like, oh, all right, cool, man. <laughs> right? Like, you felt like, like, hey, everybody, look, there's seniors in our room. <laughs> right? right? Like, you just, it, it's the, those stupid memories of just being, just growing up. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's, we had so many odd things happen on trips that i mean i could go on for hours like leaving hotels finding new ones staying in hotels with bullet holes like we were just like what are we doing here (laughs) like in the early days of the program if you will right that it was but they were all good right like i look at them all in the moment you might think they were what you know can't believe we're dealing with this shit or whatever but you know you look back on them now and it's just like man it was all part of the experience and it was just such an awesome experience all the way around success or not right personally as a team you name it right it was just i got to go through it with you know four other dudes in my class that you know i'm really tight with and we still yeah. keep in touch with and right that's what i remember most right uh and what i hold most fondly Apparently I threw a, a complete game one time. I didn't remember doing that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, <Yep>. okay. <laughs> Sounds good.
1: <laughs> I, um <laughs> you mentioned the dorms. I don't, did you ever meet Sam Everson?
0: Oh yeah. I used to I used to hang out in Sam's room. <laughs>
1: okay. So Sam because yeah, yeah, he would have been a what, a freshman when you were a senior maybe? Does that sound right? <sighs> Was it senior or junior? My, uh, he, Sam was, yeah, Sam was the year after me, I believe. So, so he would have been, yeah, you would have been a senior, I believe. Okay. Cause I, you were a junior when I was a freshman. okay Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. He, Sam, Sam had a dog in his dorm for like a full year. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, he had a pug. That's awesome. What? You know, just stuff like that. I think of, um, my freshman year when we played, we went to Mankato and remember in Sioux Falls, it snowed like six inches Mm -hmm. and we had, we were supposed to play Mankato the next day. So in Sioux Falls, it snowed like six inches and we're like, there's no way we're playing Mankato tomorrow. And there's no way we're going up to St. Cloud. It's supposed to be like 35 degrees. And so Kevin and myself and Phil got Mickey's forties or uh, sorry, the grenades. The heck, grenades. G- and I can't remember who bought them for us, but we sat in the dorms cause it was over spring break and there was nobody there. And we drank a lot of them. And Phil and I had a screen that was out of the dorms and we were on the fourth floor and we threw all of those out the window and broke them on the tar which was just super stupid. And we get a call the next day that the game's on in Mankato and Phil and I and Kevin are super hungover and I didn't sleep much that night at all. Mm-hmm. And get on the, get in the vans, we go to Mankato. I slept all the way there. We warm up and it's like, this is my first conference game and I'm hungover as hell. <laughs> and, Um, either like Dan or Teddy pitched the first couple innings and we got down and McCabe's like, net, you're going in. That's like, Oh God. And I go out first pitch, I'm facing Huber and Huber hits like a 450 foot home run on my first pitch. Like, (laughs) and he still reminds me of it. But, um, then I end up throwing like four innings. I end up finishing the game. We lost, but it's like, I threw well, we go up to St. Cloud that night and I'm getting settled in after like, we got something to eat or whatever. And McCabe comes up and he goes, Hey, try to get some sleep tonight actually. And I'm like, Oh shit. Like, how did he find out about what happened? You know, like (laughs) (laughs) like,
0: for a guy who didn't like engage with
1: us a lot. Yep,
0: he knew everything
1: yeah i was like oh my god am i in trouble like
0: <clears throat> he would <laughs> yeah he'd, he would make comments to us randomly um like during winter workouts yep just about like something we did the week before or whatever <laughs> like as we're running and puking in a garbage can He's like, bet you won't do that again I'm like <laughs> like bet <laughs> i will <laughs> you know? Probably will. Like you can run. I was like, dude, I'm 18. Like I could do this all day. You know what I mean? Like, I'm rocking three percent body fat. I will run till you get tired at this stage, man. Like, you're not gonna stop me from having fun. And he'd take it as a challenge. He'd laugh. Like he he thought the dumb shit we did, like he would give a shit, but then we would kind of give it back to him. Like he laughed at it. Like he thought it was the funniest thing. Because that's you know, he's a ball player at heart. He gets it. You know, like he knows we're not. He's just not going to condone it,
1: you know. Right, <laughs> like, right. So hey, maybe- that's it. even you know me as a high school coach, having to show him a little human side, or you know, kind of building that relationship a little bit. Otherwise, we as you know athletes would have definitely checked out from McCabe to you know, yeah. like. Otherwise, you show a little little human side and little relatability is super important. Um, <laughs> the other one I was going to, you remember, so um the freshman Olympics that got busted when a couple kids got arrested. And that was it might have been your senior year. Do you remember that? I don't like Matt, I Ian. probably should, I would assume. So, I would. <laughs> so and Phil so, you know, back in those days you had a um a you know uh um what, what do they even call it now? Where you, you know, your voicemail, you know, you had a phone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Answering uh, machine. Yeah. Yes, answering machine. Jeez, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> the hell, it's been so long. I know. So when the cops came, and Phil and I were gone for some reason, and I wish I still had this answering machine, because Andy called Phil in our, uh, my dorm room and left like a three-minute message whispering about, How the cops are gonna get him and we're probably never gonna see him again. (laughs) It was one of the funnier things. And he's like, Nath, Phil, the cops are here. The kids are getting arrested. Worse, in so much goddamn trouble. You know, and it was just we were just dying. And he's like, just we're Subie got arrested. Um, you know, just going on and it was so funny oh, and he's whispering. Right. I remember
0: Sue getting arrested
1: or a <laughs> minor, whatever you want to call it. And it was, it was so funny. And I remember obviously Holm being so pissed. Um, but yeah, I, that was, <laughs> I remember when you're sharing this random shit. Like I remember that <laughs> Andy oh, whisper, whisper talking into our answering machine. And for why was he whispering? He was 21. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I what
0: are you, what are you doing? Like, you still think you're like 17 when you're in college for some stupid reason.
1: Right. Right. That was so funny. God. Good old Andy. Mm. Yeah. There's some good times. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sure.
0: Well, brother, yeah. um, I'm gonna let, let, let's cut this here. Let's do this again, dude. We could, we could go all night. Sure. Cause I want to talk to you about coaching as well. Like that's exciting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I know it. gonna fun experience it's yeah we'll have to definitely talk about it yeah i've had um the joy of two of our high school pitchers in the last couple of years get drafted actually which is really cool that's wild so to kind of have that and you know i mean considering where a lot of kids come from to have it even though we're not a small town but a town our size um, that's not really known as a baseball community mm. um that's been kind of a cool experience so absolutely absolutely yeah yeah we'll have to do
0: it again soon Sure. Um, it's yeah. good catching up. Appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate, Appreciate you jumping on brother
1: and sharing no, for sure. Yeah. Anytime. I, like I said earlier, I'm pretty cool that you've started this platform and, um, it's kind of a neat, neat thing that you're doing. It was, like I said, for me, it was a really nice outlet at a tough time and being able to hear a lot of the guys that I haven't. Heard from, and like you had mentioned too, it's like, that's just part of life, but it's like, man, that's really cool to see where Teddy's at and Mitch and yeah, the guys that I thought I'd never hear from again, or, you know, I'll see him on Facebook or maybe something random on Twitter, but um, to actually hear him talk about where they're at and their time at Augie and, you know, experiences is really cool. So I'm Absolutely. super cool. Super cool. You're doing this. So I
0: appreciate that, man. It's it, it has yeah. been a, it has been a fun ride, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll definitely have to do it again. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time tonight and uh, yeah, I don't think. finding some some quiet in your house while you know a little basketball was going on. I appreciate that. That's yeah. awesome. Um, you can hear that. But yeah, we'll do it again. We'll do it again soon. You take care, awesome. and we'll be in touch.
1: Yep, yeah, you too, Jeff. Thanks, all right, Take care.
0: Be good. All right. all right. Thank you all so much for checking out Only the Important Stuff and coming along on this ride with me. It's been a hell of a journey so far, and I can't wait to see what lies ahead. Hope you all have a great week. Please continue to check out Back to Even. Drops on Mondays and Fridays, and don't forget to give my boy Bennett's podcast, The Greatest People You Never Met, a listen to. It means a lot to us, it means a lot to me, it means a lot to him. It's just super fun to be on this journey together and kind of seeing where this road is takes us. Again, hope you all have a great week. Look forward to catching up next week. Until next time, be easy.